Good morning, church. You can see I'm wearing my Baptist outfit today, all blue. However, I'm going to preach a Pentecostal message. Is that all right? <clears throat> you know, we read Second Chronicles 7.14. Let me just read that to you. You're very familiar with this scripture. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you think land could use some healing? Yeah. Amen. And, you know, a lot of people have been praying for a long time. We're going to look at some of these reasons. Can I see your pack real All right. Only takes about three or four people to dress me. <laughs> but, you know, we, we quote that scripture, and many people have been praying for a long time for our country. It's just part of what we do. Um, you know, and we haven't really seen any anything significant happen in the natural, the way it looks. So we're going to take a look at that. Uh, God has been speaking to me about this um, since about New Year's Eve when we were praying about this. Um, so anyway, God promised that he would heal our land. I'll try to stand still here. If we humble ourselves... That means, you know, when you humble yourself, you see yourself in the light of God. And you see that God is almighty, that he's all-powerful, that um, he can do anything is possible for him. And when we compare ourselves with him, we see that we are, are weak and needy. We need him, amen? amen. And so um, there's really no comparison and humbling yourself also means that you are thankful for all the things God has done for you. You know, we could spend all afternoon just giving God thanks for the different things that he's done for you and I. <clears throat> and he said that if we would seek his face. And many people think, well, it's just little old me. What can my little prayer do? You know, um, doesn't there need to be a majority of Christians at least praying for our nation so that things get turned around? Uh, you know, what can my little prayer do? And that's kind of the attitude of, of many people. And we'll address that in just a minute. Then he said to turn from our wicked ways. That means anything that displeases God. And that includes unbelief not believing his word, what his word says. See, we have to believe whatever the word says, no matter what it looks like in the natural. And I'm not saying that's easy. I'm just saying that's what gets results. <clears throat> then 
he promised, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. That means that he will mend it. He will cure it. He will repair it. He will make it whole again. He can make America whole again. Make America great again. As it were. So how many... You know, it's, if, we think, if we think we need a majority praying, how many would that be? How many people does it take to humble themselves and seek God? Certainly we're not going to have the whole body of Christ get together and do that. That'd be ideal, but it's unrealistic. So is it going to take a billion people or several billion Christians in this country alone is it going to take a billion people to pray and seek God's face? Or will a million people do it? Will that be enough? Could a hundred thousand possibly get together and pray in this nation and God would forgive our sins and heal our land? Maybe 10,000 would be enough. Would a thousand be able to do it? How about a hundred? How about just ten people? Go to Genesis 18. <clears throat> 23 to 26. And Abram came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Suppose there are fifty righteous within this city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it? for the 50 righteous that were in it. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find Sodom 50 righteous within it, the city, then I will not spare I will spare all the place for their sakes. And he goes on down the list until he got down to 10. And so in this case, um, in Sodom and Gomorrah's case, which was a big city, and the Bible said its sin was grave, which means they were severe sinners. Okay? Yet my people here refers to just 10. If he could just find 10 people, Righteous people in the city, he would have saved the whole city. And I think, this is my opinion now, I think if he found one righteous person, he would have spared the whole city. And the reason I say that um, is found in Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. This is talking about Israel's wicked leaders. At that time, they had some very wicked leaders in Israel. So I sought for a man among them, a man among them, who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found not one. God could not find one man that would stand with him. Stand in the gap in faith. The point is, don't think that your prayers are in vain. 
even though you've been praying for a long time and you haven't seen a breakthrough in this area, um, one believer standing and praying in faith can make a difference needed to heal a community, a city, a state, and even a nation. How about a modern-day example of that? Um, this ministry, Jesus Reigns, that you've heard Dan and I talk about, that was here this last summer. That lady that spoke, um, Sister Gina, a vision keeper, she calls herself, was a housewife in the Philippines. And God was wanting to bring revival to that nation. He'd been talking to pastors for many years, and none of them would take the reins. And she was a very devout woman, spent a lot of time with the Lord. And so he raised up this housewife. And this ministry, Jesus Reigns, was established. And there's 82 provinces in the country of the Philippines. They're like states. And now Jesus Reigns is in all 82 provinces. They have big celebrations for Jesus every year in each province. Then they have a national celebration. Uh, they have one in November, and they am going to have another one when I'm over there in March. They have a summit in March, and the one in November is much bigger. It's outside. Last year, he had 250,000 people there. And, but every community has its own little uh, kind of revival thing with Jesus reigns. And this was all done through a housewife who was obedient to God. Okay? He's just looking for somebody who'll be obedient to him and do it his way. And the reason, you know, if we're praying and praying and we haven't seen any change, then maybe we need to do something different than what we've been doing. And that's what I believe God showed me um, since the first part of the year. <clears throat> so that's a modern day example. So you don't have to have a large number or a majority. You just need one person who will believe God and do what he says to do. So what is God's way then? If, if what we're doing isn't working, what will? This was my question to God. Why haven't you answered this? All these people that have been praying. Um, you know, many Christians have been praying for a long time um, for our nation and maybe for other things, but and some have fasted and some have repented and some have forgiven, asked forgiveness for things they didn't even do, you know, trying to get God to move. So my question to the Lord was, why haven't you answered? And the answer may surprise some of you. The answer is found in Matthew. Matthew 18, beginning at verse 18. Surely I say to you, Jesus is speaking. Anytime he says a surely, he's saying, I want you to get this. Listen, this is important. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven." Where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of you. 
So as we're waiting on God to do something, he's waiting on us to do something. It's a waiting game. Notice that we are to bind and loose things here on earth first. Once we bind and loose things here on earth, those are Hebrew idioms. Um, Binding means to forbid and loose means to um, permit. So as we do it here on earth, then heaven steps in and backs up what we're doing. Well, you missed a good place to shout right there. (laughs) Once we do our part, God's faithful. He's never, he's always going to do his part. But he's looking for somebody to stand in the gap and do it his way. He's looking for somebody. It's bound on earth first or loosed on earth first. Then heaven backs you up. Now that may be foreign to some of you. I didn't write this. Okay? And this is in the context of restoring a brother, you know, dealing with somebody who is in sin. But it'll work in any situation. It's a principle of the Word of God. And so he's waiting for somebody to stand in the gap and forbid the things that the Holy Spirit shows us to and allow the things that he shows us. Then heaven will back us up. See, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's right here with us in our midst. And he will carry out whatever we have agreed upon in prayer. Uh, that brings up another thing. What does it mean to agree in prayer? It means to believe in faith instead of to hope something will happen. See, if, if Dan and I are agreeing in prayer and he's believing in his heart, and praying and believing in his heart. And I'm praying with him, but I'm hoping something will happen. There's no agreement there. I have hope and he has faith. Hope is important. It sets a goal. Amen? And faith acquires the goal. You have to have hope. But when you pray in faith, you can't pray with just hope. You have to pray with faith from your heart. And it really... To get results, your, your whole body, soul, and spirit has to be in agreement. I'll get to that a little bit later. But um, So these are important things. Because we pray a lot of times with people, with one another, and we're not always on the same page. And one is hoping, and one is praying, and one is believing, and so forth. And we have to believe from our heart have the title deed in your heart, the proof of ownership of what you're praying for, and you're going to receive it every time, every time. Faith works. It does. And the reason people don't think it works is because a lot of times they're praying with hope instead of praying with real faith. Or they just have faith in their head. That won't work either. It's got to be in your heart. God always deals with our heart. All the time. Hallelujah. So don't discount hope. That's important. That will set a goal. You hope this is going to happen in your life. But then faith is what will require, acquire that. Hope won't acquire it. It'll just set the goal. 
All right? So what if it looks like, a lot of people have been praying for a long time, what if it looks like there's no difference? Like people have been praying for our country for a long time. It, sometimes it looks like it's getting worse instead of better. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If you're believing, you believe what the Word of God says. The Word of God says you'll heal our land if we humble ourselves before him and seek his face. Hallelujah. So he will heal it. There's no doubt. God is always faithful. Remember, we're talking about doing it God's way now because there's been so many praying for so long and there hasn't really been, well, it, there's probably been some things happen in a spirit realm that we can't see, but in the natural, we haven't seen any manifestation of it yet. And part of the reason for that, as I believe God showed me, was that he's waiting for us as the Holy Spirit guides and leads us to bind up powers here on earth and then heaven will back us up and instead much of the body of Christ has been just waiting for God to move and do something so we're the ones that need to make the first move we're involved in this um, he put us in charge of the earth gave us dominion over it and so he just doesn't do things willy-nilly he waits for us to respond and then he acts so doing it God's way, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. It's important to give voice to your faith because you have to speak words of faith into your situation before it's going to change or into your circumstance before it's going to change. If you don't, you can have a lot of faith, but you're just a container, okay? When you speak it, you release it. Now, I used to do some bow hunting when I was younger, and all the modern bows, the compounds now, that most everybody uses what they call a release. And you hook that on the string and you pull it back, and when you hit the button, it releases the arrow. But if you don't hit the button, there's no release. If you don't speak, there's no release of faith. You're just a container. And you might have a lot of it. You might have way more than anybody else in, the, in, in here today. But if you never speak it, it won't do you any good. Faith is the currency of the kingdom, but you have to release it into the economy of the kingdom if you want to get results. You can't go to the grocery store with a $100 bill in your wallet and, not, and try to get a loaf of bread without getting a $100 bill out, without spending some of that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's the same, same with in the spirit realm. <clears throat> to release that word of faith into the situation. 2 Corinthians 
All right. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, the glory of God through us. Uh, you know, God's promises are true. He's faithful. He's going to keep his word. So instead of joining those who say, you know, our country is going downhill, and that's what it looks like in the natural, agree with God's promise that he's going to heal our land. If we begin to bind the forces that the Holy Spirit shows us, the forces of the enemy that he points out that we recognize that are at work in our country and believe God from our hearts, what he said in his word, believe his promise and give voice to our faith. I'm telling you, God can turn the biggest mess in any country, anywhere, into a message to the world of what he can do. Amen? You know, we just can't look at the mess. I agree, it's terrible. But God is much bigger than our mess. There was a prophecy given about our country um, recently, and I can't remember all of it. It was lengthy. But part of it was that God said, America is my land. It was founded for the sole purpose of people worshiping me in spirit and in truth, in freedom. And God said in that prophecy, I have not forgotten that. Okay? And it's true when you stop and think about it. But God hasn't forgotten about that. Yes, we're a sinful nation, but God is a gracious God, amen? And he's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. And many people have been, but we haven't been, what we haven't been doing is seeking the Holy Spirit, seeking the Lord about what to bind and what to loose and these kinds of things. It has to be done here first. And then heaven takes over. Heaven gets all the glory. But he's waiting for us to trigger it, to release it on our end here on earth. Hallelujah. In James chapter 2, Verse 17 says, Thus also faith by itself does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together in the works, and by the works faith was made perfect? Uh, that means it was made complete. Faith was made complete by the works. <clears throat> so seek the Lord about, you know, when it comes time to vote and these kinds of things, don't just pick a name. You know, Mr. Hauser usually gives us um, lots of good information um, to help us in those areas. And we really need to take time to, to look at um, the candidates 
and pray over them, uh, you know, know their voting record and these kinds of things. Um, you know, working together, our faith works together. It cooperates, it helps, coordinates with these things. See, there's a practical harmony between vertically believing God and horizontal works to a lost and dying world. There's a, there's a harmony, there's a correlation there between the two. You can't just walk around believing God, you know. You know, I've heard stories about people that got into the faith message years ago and quit their job and just stayed home in bed and they were believing God for everything. Well, that didn't work very well because the Bible says if you don't eat, you don't work. I mean, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? Got the horse ahead of the cart there. So you got to take out the whole counsel of the word. You can't just go do something here and there, you know. So anyway, so there's that practical harmony between vertical faith and God. You know, if he said it and we're believing him for it, you can be sure that he will do it. Um, but the horizontal works to an, a needy community around us. Um, you know, you can ask uh, people, um, you know, how you can help them. Um, how can you bless your neighborhood, your town, your state, these kinds of things. Uh, faith is both spiritual and practical. Um, faith usually creates some kind of works, and the works complete your faith, like Abraham and Isaac. Um, but you need to be in agreement. Uh, let me just put this in here. Uh, within yourself, you're, you are a spirit, soul, and body being. And so when you're believing in your heart, your spirit, that's good. Then you give voice to your faith with your mind and your will. That's your soulish man. Then you take action and go vote, as it were, with your body. So you have your spirit, your soul, and body all in alignment, all in agreement, you see. And, you know, I never heard anybody talk about that except God. Everything needs to be in agreement. When things are in line, in agreement, it, it, just, it just works like that. Most of the time we've got something, you know, you and I have something a little sideways. So here's the first of three closings. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 4. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. So make it a, a priority to pray 
for all those in authority. Paul's mandate here inspires the church, uh, which God calls my people, to pray for those in authority over the nation and the state and locally and leaders in the church and all of that, anybody that has some kind of a position of authority. Um, James 1.17, James chapter 1, verse 17, says this, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So, if we wish to reap the benefits of good government, we need to prioritize and pray for those in authority over our nation daily. Vote and do those kinds of things. Good government benefits God's church. You know, you have freedom to spread the gospel. You have freedom for people like Les and Kathy to come and go. For people like Leah Roth to come and go freely. If you didn't have good government, that wouldn't be possible. You know, those of us who do short-term work can come and go freely without any hindrance. Hallelujah. So it's important because good government is a gift from God. Amen? 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 Amen. All right. So God promised to heal our land. He will always do what he promised. He's faithful. But there's some things that we need to do on our end, cooperating with the Spirit of God. Okay? And we found out, we can take this home with us today, that we don't have to have everybody humbling themselves, the whole body of Christ, billions of people, and praying and seeking God's face before you'll turn and turning from their wicked ways. It's just not talking about, you know, not that you're, anybody's going to be robbing banks, but living, talking about living a righteous life. You know, a lot of things that we just think are okay sometimes are right on the borderline. Anything that displeases God is wickedness. But just a few people standing in the gap by faith, committing to pray daily. And I encourage you with all that's within me to be one of them if you're not now. And here's the big, big thing, the revelation for some of you. Is stop waiting on God. Make the first move. Use your authority to bind and loose as the Spirit of God leads you. Don't just go around, you know, doing stuff. He's got to lead you. And, you know, you can be working in the area of abortion. You can bind things there. Permit good legislation. These kinds of things. That's just one example. 
But that's been the holdup. We've been waiting on God to move, and he's been waiting on his people to move. Not everybody, but a remnant, some. How many? I don't know. One, ten, a thousand, ten thousand? I don't know. We need to be in that group that's using our authority that God has given us. Don't join those who are saying the nation is going downhill. Just agree with God's promise that he's healing the land. It's real easy to get in the flow of, of the negative stuff. You know, I've been there and done that. Stand in agreement with God's word. As I said earlier, God can turn the biggest mess into a miracle message that will speak to the world. I mean, nothing is impossible to God. Add action to your faith. Put legs on it. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Make sure you pray. Make sure you vote. And do these kinds of things in the area of our, where our country's concerned. <clears throat> Works complete faith, like Abraham and Isaac. Just one last time, I repeat to make it a priority to pray for those in authority over us daily, for the church's welfare and the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom. In these days, God wants to preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is not is the gospel of the Lamb with signs and wonders following. So, you know, he came as the Lamb. And next time he comes, he's coming as the Lion of Judah. And we're in the last of the last days. And it's time for the church to stand up and use the authority God has given us and turn loose some of the powers of heaven that have been waiting for us to make the first move. Are you one of those who will stand in the gap for our nation? Are you? I'd like, in closing, to pray with you about that. In fact, I don't have a watch on purpose. What time is it? Somebody. 1125. 11.25. 11.25. That's good news for me. Okay, um, if you want to be one of those who stands in the gap for this nation, if you're able to get out of your seat, come and stand around, around here.
Lord, you see your people and are called by your name. We stand here, Lord, and says that we, we perish for lack of knowledge. And so we repent of not binding and loosening and using the authority that you gave us, even seeking to do that, seeking the Spirit in that area. And so Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're forgiven because of what Jesus has done. And so, Father, we standing here today commit to do that as you guide by your Spirit the bind forces that we recognize that you point out and permit things that you want permitted. And we know that you're faithful. And we know that all heaven will back us up Lord God, and you will get the glory because you're the one that's doing it. You're just waiting for us to make the first move. And so we thank you that you are so forgiving and so gracious and so long-suffering with us, your people. And we give you glory and praise and honor for our nation, Lord. We thank you that it was founded for the sole purpose, basically, of freedom of worship. And we thank you that you have stated that you have not forgotten that and that you will visit America again. And so, Lord, help us be sensitive to your spirit in this area and to know that because we are your children, we are royalty. Even of ourselves, we are nothing. But as your children, we are royalty. And therefore, the things that we say carry weight in the kingdom. And so we give you glory and praise and honor for reminding of us of that today. And we thank you for your promise to heal our land. And we commit to do our part today, Lord God, to stand in the gap, to use the faith you've given us, to use the authority you've given us by grace, to loose the powers of heaven, to bombard the sin in this nation. Lord, we give you all glory and praise and honor for turning a mess into a message, a miracle message to the world. We give you all the glory and the praise and the honor. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. We got time to praise the Lord now.